0: Heavenly Father, through your word and through my words, may people experience the power, the energy, the excitement, the thrill, the joy, the love of the cross. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's a question for you. What's life about? What is it that drives us, motivates us, gets us up every day? What is life about? Why are we living? What's the point? The answer is one word glory. We're living for glory. What is that? The Hebrew word is better than the Greek word for glory, and the Hebrew word is actually a physical reference to physical weight. When I was going to the University of Iowa in the late 60s and early 70s, If somebody said something that seemed really significant or powerful or important, we would say, that's heavy, man. (sighs) Glory is import, impact. Something that makes a definite and lasting difference in your life. now in the gospel of john by now you know that jesus wants us to realize that the cross his death on the cross is our glory that's where we get impact in our lives that's where we sense our significance and our worth and our value to God. That's where we experience his love poured out abundantly, overwhelming our hearts and our minds. Now, our text tells us two things about the cross, the glory of the cross. First of all, the cross condemns or judges any other avenue to glory that we may pursue. Well, in the confession I mentioned family, friends, fame, and fortune. Family's not a bad thing. But if that is the driving force, the motivating power in your life, it will disappoint. You know, my wife makes fun of me because I like to watch Hallmark movies. And in Hallmark movies, they say there's always this one person who is your soulmate. And when you find that one person, your life will be wonderful. All your problems will disappear. Uh, Husbands, wives, don't put that weight on your spouse. You will crush them. Some people live for their kids or through their kids. Some kids live for their parents. Family's not a bad thing, but if it's your glory, it will disappoint. Friends, same thing. You may have friends that are kind and generous, and then you do something that they don't like, and that's the end, at least for a time. Fame, well-known, significant. That's the goal of many in this world. I think that's the goal primarily of the movie industry, that actors want to be famous. They think that makes their lives significant. Fortune, that's the, that's the age-old bugaboo this country has been sold the false gospel that if you have enough money to buy the things you enjoy to go on the vacations to places that are wonderful to take trips that your life is going to be great if you glory in your money it will disappoint you Uh, in my confirmation class i did the six p's and I asked the kids, can you give me an example of each one? Well, I started with popularity. That's really simple, high school. Then I went to power. Well, that's a little trickier, but talk to the stressed out parent who's trying to fit in soccer practice and school and after-school activities, and this and that. And all they want is to be in control. That their life would be organized. That they would have some time for themselves. Uh, Good luck until the kids uh, grow up and leave home. That ain't going to happen. Well, then there's... The idea that, you know, if we just could gain this, then our lives would be wonderful and that's prosperity. That's not hard to figure. I mean, the woods is full of them. People who are living for the things they can buy, the things they can do because they have money. Well, we go to pleasure, and that gets kind of tricky. There's habits, there's addictions that people engage in and indulge in that they think will make their lives more pleasurable. You go to prestige, and the idea that if I'm just recognized as somebody who is significant and important, that makes me significant. And finally, piety. You know what most Christians think Jesus is about? Why they come to the church? Jesus is going to be their personal assistant to help them get the things they've always wanted, to help them get their real glory. I'm sure you've heard this on TV. If you just follow my three-point plan or my five-point plan, God will bless you. Jesus will make your life wonderful. Do you know most people come to church for the first time because they're experiencing some difficulty, some trouble, some struggle in their life, and they think, Jesus can fix that? then I can get back to pursuing my real glory. I honestly believe that most Christians see Jesus as a personal assistant, a coach. But the fascinating thing is that all of these glories, all of these things we pursue, Because we want to be significant. We want to be valued. We want to experience deep and lasting love. We we want to know that if we fail, our spouse, our friends will forgive us. All of these things are overshadowed by the cross. Forever forgiveness. Forgiveness eternal acceptance, unconditional love. Whatever you glory in will disappoint you if it's not Jesus and his cross. It's doomed to fail. So the second point is that cross not only judges and condemns all of the things we glory in other than him, but the cross also has amazing attractive power. Did you notice that? When I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself because ultimately the cross gets down to the real thing we all want and need, the real glory that we're searching for, the real glory that we're seeking here and there and everywhere, that we have been loved beyond belief, forgiven without limit, accepted, Eternally, today and forever. That has tremendous attractive power because every person on this planet is seeking glory. They're seeking something that will make their life worthwhile, that will give them significance and value, that will give their lives purpose, Everybody is looking for that in all the different avenues and all the different pursuits that people engage in, in search of glory, in search of something that has substance, something that has power to make a difference in my life, to make a difference in me, Okay, let's go to the final point. Why did I choose Psalm 19 and those words that talk about the heavens declare the glory of God? I heard this on TV last week, so it's gotta be true. We now know that there are more than a billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy which is where you live. And we now know our best estimate is that there are more than a billion galaxies. Does that overwhelm you? Does that impress you that God could create this? By the way, the Milky Way galaxy is middling. It's not one of the bigger galaxies. It's not the smallest, but it's kind of in the middle. If that impresses you, I hope you realize that the glory of the cross surpasses that. The glory of God's love given to us through the cross is more amazing than the billions of stars and the billions of galaxies. It's more important. It impacts your life more powerfully. It changes everything. Now, perhaps you noticed in the the theme, uh, I said that when you discover your glory, You will know what you're living for. You will know what your life is about. So if we experience the glory of the cross, that reorients us. It gives us a different vantage from which to see ourselves and see our life. So let's talk about that passage in 1 Corinthians 10. Whether you eat or you drink, do all to the glory of God. Does that mean that when I'm eating my big Mac, I say, "Lord, I'm eating this to glorify you." Or when you drink your half of ice and, "Lord, I'm drinking this to glorify you." No, that's not it at all. If you go back to First Corinthians chapter 8, nine and 10. Paul is discussing an issue that was terribly disturbing and unsettling to the early church. Can you eat food sacrificed to an idol? Can you drink wine sacrificed to an idol? And Paul says, well, it depends. If someone says, hey, what you're eating was sacrificed to an idol, and that hurts me, that offends me, Paul says, don't do it. But if no one raises a fuss, he says, you're free to eat it and to drink it. Look at the last verse Of the epistle reading. I couldn't have said it better myself. He says, if you're concerned about how other people feel and how what you're doing affects them, I am not seeking my own good but the good of many so that they may be saved. Uh, One of my classmates uh, would purposely drink beer amongst his Baptist friends to show them his Christian freedom. No. You're not caring about them. You're not concerned about how they feel. My wife's parents uh, belong to a church. Uh, that was against drinking alcohol beer wine hard stuff so as a husband of their oldest daughter should i bring a six pack of beer into the house and say i'm going to show you my christian freedom no What it means that whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God, do it to the glory of the cross, that God's love has been poured into your life in such abundance that it spills over into the lives of others. And you're looking not for your own good, but for their good. You're not looking to serve yourself. You're looking to serve them. When you glory in the cross, you are glorying in God's love. And that love so infects and impacts you that it spills over into the lives of others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may we glory in the cross of Christ. May it impact our lives. May it make a huge difference in how we live in this world. May we do all things to the glory of your love given us through the cross.